Well, good morning, East Tennessee. Man, grab a blanket, snuggle up this morning, get you something nice and warm and toasty to drink. I got my coffee here and my cup ready to roll. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology, and well, I am your host of Around the House. I hope you've been enjoying the fresh start to the new year. Hope you had a happy and wonderful holiday season, and uh, I don't know about you, but holy moly, the, the new year has kicked off in, in rolling just as hard and heavy as we ended the year, so um, I, I hope that y'all can, uh, well, just like myself, find some time to unwind and and keep, some, keep that family close and near and dear. Hey, as always, there's never a shortage of things to do here in East Tennessee. This week and a few things that are going on, the Cabin Fever Car Show is back and celebrating 40 years of the best in street rods and antique cars in the southeast. The show runs from 8 to 8 today at the Knoxville Expo Center. Your Knoxville Ice Bears are throwing a big party for Chili and all his mascot friends. I wonder if Smokey will be there. Puck drops at 7.35 tonight for Mascot Mania, night at the Coliseum. The Iams Nature Center is hosting a winter birding walk this morning at 8. It's a great way to learn about the various species that call East Tennessee their winter home. You must register in advance at iams.org. For information on all the events happening around town today, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, as always, we have an awesome, exciting show for you today. Here's a shocking fact. Did you know that radon is the number one cause of lung cancer among non-smokers? Radon is a radioactive gas found in many homes in the United States, especially here in East Tennessee. National Radon Action Month is held every January to increase awareness about radon and how to prevent radon-related illness. I've invited Jeremy Fowler of Volunteer Radon Solutions to tell us more about it. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, good morning. morning. Good How morning, Scott. How are you this morning? Man, I'm I'm awesome. I'm awesome. So, Jeremy, uh, Volunteer Radon Solutions. Folks can find you guys online at volunteerradon.com. That's volunteerradon.com. Um, or they can obviously reach you by phone at uh, 865-973-0671. That is correct. Th- uh, thank you for having me this morning. I'm really excited about being here and it's a pleasure to be here so absolutely well and I, i've enjoyed we've been uh deciphering those uh how small the world is with so many different people that we know absolutely. Uh, so that, that's always awesome all right so radon I, this one's it's always really just been confusing to me because it seems like it's something you never really heard of and then all of a sudden that's all you hear about yeah. what is radon where does it come from well, it's like you said, radon is a radioactive gas. Um, it is a byproduct of uranium. So as uranium um, has its uh, four and a half billion year half-life, um, it turns into a couple of other um, elements, um, which are um, radon, uh, which comes from, let me see here, where are my notes? I can't find that piece anyways. Um, but radon is, it breaks down from uranium, um, in the soil, the rock Mm -hmm. water, um, it can get into a lot of different places and then it can come into your home. Um, 
you know, through cracks in your in your slab or cracks where your uh, foundation hits your slab. Mm-hmm. Um, crawl spaces builds up in inside the cavity of that cavern. Um, I'm throwing up air quotes as I call it a cavern uh, because it's really a crawl space, but it's you know a, a, like a cave sure. style system. So radon can build up inside of that and then enter your home through the cracks and uh, where your plywood and two by fours sit uh, on top of your uh, foundation. So okay, so. There's our brief explanation of radon. Yes, indeed. so so that's going to lead me to this: How in the world do you get? What have you done, and how did you get to where this is what you do? Well, um, I started off uh, back in about 2000. I uh, started working for my father. He's a home inspector in uh, Knoxville, so I worked with him uh, from 2000 to about 2013. Uh, opened up my business of Volunteer Radon Solutions. Um, then worked with him for another few years while I was trying to get this one off the ground. Um, so, I mean, I've just been around it for a quarter of a century, basically, you know, um, dad was a builder when I was a kid growing up. So just followed kind of in his footsteps of owning my own business, um, and saw that there was a need for, um, radon mitigation in East Tennessee, uh, with it being prevalent in the area. Um, so I figured I'd get in on the, the front end of it. You know, I could see that it was starting to blow up where people were getting their homes tested during, uh, home inspections. Um, and was just like, Hey, this, you know, could be a, a pretty, uh, good business to enter into because um, my dad was is the type of person that's never going to retire still not retired he's 75 <laughs> and still going strong you know uh so i was like well i guess i'll have to do my own thing um which was a which was a good thing because i didn't have kids in the family at the time which i do now so you know it, it's uh a good thing that i went out on my own so well do you, do you think your dad's gonna be at the car show oh yeah absolutely he's got he's got his car there um he's got his car there um, he's got a uh silver Oh, he's going to kill me because I can't tell you the, the make and the model of it. Uh, but, yeah, he's got a car show in there. Um, he, he went and dropped it off yesterday morning. Was it yesterday morning? No, it was Thursday. Thursday he dropped it off uh, over there and then was over there yesterday afternoon after he did a home inspection down in Teleco Village. Well, m- many of us in town know your father and uh, such a such a great gentleman. Uh, so you know, you unfortunately you've got really big feet to fill. Oh, <laughs> just to tell you, no joke. Uh, all right, so a little bit of of what radon is and and kind of where it comes from. Um, so, what are some of the effects of radon? Um, radon can lead to, I say lead to. It can cause lung cancer. Um, it is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States behind smoking, as you stated earlier. Um, it does attribute for about 20,000 deaths a year. Um, but the the funny thing, I won't say the funny thing, um, radon is not what's actually harmful to you. That's a precursor that you have the other elements in the decay chain uh, from radon, uh, which are bismuth, lead, and polonium. Um, those are what's harmful to you. Radon is just an indication that you have these other elements in your house. Um, cause radon is an inert gas. So as you inhale it, you immediately exhale it. Um, you know, as soon as you inhale it, whereas the other elements, um, they can get caught in your lung cavity. Um, and then they do an alpha discharge in your lung cavities creating tissue damage which can lead to uh lung cancer now it's not like if you go into a house that has you know radon in it that you're gonna get cancer the next day right you know i mean it's over long-term exposure um and when i say long-term exposure i mean like you know decades you know possibly a couple of three decades um i think i saw a statistic the other day when i was trying to you know go over all of everything that i've known forever but you know trying to refresh myself um that the uh, that 
I think the EPA even states, you know, you're looking at about 25 years of being exposed to it. Right. Now, of course, depending on how high the levels are in your home, sure. you know, it would be a quicker, could be a quicker thing than a, than a longer thing, depending on how high your levels are. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, and I'm just going to, with my lack of knowledge anyways, but, you know, kind of correlate, kind of similar to like an asbestos type of situation that just because you've breathed in asbestos doesn't mean that you're going to have methylthelioma or you're going to have any other ill effects from it. But that over over a long course of exposure, obviously, look, everybody's, everybody's body's a little different. Everybody operates differently. We all know and have seen and have people probably near and dear to us that end up with crazy, strange illnesses and there's no explanation for it. Um, so, you know, but the point of it is, is that through that gas, you're able to identify there's dangerous, uh, minerals in, in deposits that come from that, that can be harmful to your body over a long-term exposure. And, and, you know, that's, uh, being here in East Tennessee, we're on a large, a lot of limestone. Correct. Uh, and I think limestone is one of the the biggest producers of of this. Is that correct? It is. Um, the radon does come from the limestone. Um, we also have another rock, um, which is uh, limestone related, and I cannot find the name of it um, last night. Dolomite. That's what it's called. Dolomite, Dolomite. yeah. So it's a very soft sedimentary rock. Um, and we have a lot of karst in East Tennessee. So karst is where um, you have the two mixtures of the limestone and the dolomite. Dolomite is a, is a limestone-esque type of rock. Um, and it's very soft sedimentary. So as you have rainwater come over it, you know, it just washes away, mm-hmm. creating cave systems, which obviously we have a ton, right. you know, in the area of East Tennessee, especially Knox County, you know, in our yeah. backyard. Um creating what could be sinkholes. Um, the way that sinkholes form is you have the top of the cave system that can no longer support the weight of the ground anymore from where it has washed away. Top of the cave system gives way, boom, sinkhole. Hmm. Um, we actually did a house uh, a couple years back um, over in South Knoxville and had installed a radon system. Uh, about three or four days later after I installed that radon system, a sinkhole opened up in their front yard. Um it was a, it was a um, a person from New York. He had lost his father. You know, it was in a in going through probate and all that kind of stuff. And they were trying to sell it. Um, lo and behold, there comes a sinkhole. Wow! Because uh, South Knoxville is very um, high for karst. Um, sure. But yeah, you have about four or five fingers of karst that run east to west underneath Knox County uh, specifically, um, and. Th- the radon builds up inside the caves and the caverns and high concentrations and then, you know, finds path least resistance, just like everything, water, gas, electricity, anything, you know, and just can enter the home from underneath from underneath the soil. Well, and as we know right now, if you can find a piece of land to build on, you got to try. Yeah, good <laughs> we're luck. running out. All right. Well, hey, we are going to take a short break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about radon. If you've got a question, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. This is Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. Hey, if you're just joining us this morning, I'm glad you have, and hopefully you got a fresh cup cup of joe or tea or whatever it is that you enjoy in the mornings to kind of get you going. Maybe like my partner, you just want a nice fresh Diet Coke. I don't understand it, but hey, whatever. 
to each their own, right? So whatever whatever it is that gets you going in the morning, we're just glad that you're here with us. And uh, if you've been listening or, again, just joining us, I am speaking with Jeremy Fowler from Volunteer Radon Solutions. Uh, you can find Jeremy online at volunteerradon.com. Um, and, well, Jeremy comes from a lineage in this town of home inspection and kind of being a part of knowing about radon and how to mitigate and what to do and how to identify. So, um, Jeremy, uh, thank you so much again for being here. I appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. As as we were talking through the break, I, I ex- had expressed to you that I've, I've spoke with multiple people in in regards to radon and what it is and what it does and and all that and i never really the dots never really lined up and connected for me about radon i knew it was a gas but as you explained to our listeners and to me that it's not the gas it's the particles that are in the gas and and there are three primary particles that are in that gas that once is inhaled it then it basically creates attachment to our lungs uh, and, and and from there, the problems can be one of those primaries is lead. We all know the stories of lead. Um, and so, you know, that's why this is so important. And, and from the bedrock system that we are levied with, obviously, here in East Tennessee, um, between that and, and water sources, water sources are another huge carrier of radon. Is that right? It is. Um there can definitely be um radon in water now and typically that's people that are on wells um you usually don't test um the water for the radon um you would still do it as the um airborne test kind of like the machines that we set right um but you have to have a lot of radon in water for it to come out enough to where it is 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 enough to you know impact the air that you breathe um i don't i don't remember the the numbers for it um for that specifically but it when i read it years and years ago i was completely flabbergasted at how high that level had to be in that water in order to create even i think it was one picocurie i'm it was in the thousands of you know however i think it, i think they do that in the becquerel system if i recall um and it, it takes a lot to to get right. to where it can come out of water so when we talk about radon there's so we've got three different zones is that correct that is correct so what zone are we here in east tennessee and what are those zones east tennessee we are in zone one so zone one um this is by the epa they have it mapped out like this so you have the three zones zone one which we are in east tennessee is the majority of homes that are going to be tested in in zone <coughs> excuse me <coughs> The majority of homes that are going to be tested in zone one are going to be above four picocuries. Four picocuries is the cutoff for the EPA where they recommend that you take action to lower the radon levels. Um, There are a lot of uh, zone two counties in East Tennessee as well, which is um, the majority of houses are going to be between that two and four picocurie mark. Um, That is still a little bit of a concern um, when it comes into like weather patterns can change how it Mm -hmm. how it affects it. Um, And then zone three is majority of houses are tested are going to be below two picocuries. Um, So if you're in zone one, um, obviously this is by county uh, NBC or National Building Code. um, They came up with a radon resistance building uh, platform um, to put into codes so that if you're building in zone one, they recommend that you take these actions to have the radon system in the house so in case if you do 
um, end up having elevated radon levels. You can just add a fan to the system, penetrate it through the roof, and they call it activating the system. Um, again, it's per county. Some counties in East Tennessee don't require it. Um, I know Knox County does. Mm-hmm. Um, Blunt County does. Um, Roan County does. Um, and I think Sevier County has just started it. Um, but those, you know, are the ones that are right. Knox County, obviously, um, that do. But basically, if you're building a home, then you go ahead and put the radon system in during the time of construction. So you would put the pipe in the slab, you know, run it into the attic, put a fan on that, put a fan in the attic if you needed it in the future. Um, but yeah, um, it, a lot of East Tennessee is in zone one. So it is a very big concern in East Tennessee. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this question and, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but again, it, cause this is always one of the questions that to me has amazed me. So I've got this big piece of PVC that runs from my slab that vents out the roof of my, my house and so I, my only assumption is is kind of this is it's kind of like underneath that slab in that ground is almost like a a balloon or a bubble and and that pipe is to serve as the uh the flue or or, or pop off valve for that balloon or bubble to emit those gases out through the roof versus inside my home is that a fair assumption it is uh, absolutely. That's ex- exactly what it is. Um, it's called stack effect. It's kind of like a chimney stack. Um, so as you start to get that flu, you know, vacuum, you yep. know, pulling that radon up, then yes, that is correct. Um, a lot of times, though, when you have that new um, construction build with the radon system installed, what they'll do is they'll cap it off in the attic and put a cap on it. Hmm. Um, if you have it going through through the roof, that's called a uh, passive radon system, and that's how it. That's exactly how it's designed: is to just start that vacuum and just allow that radon to release, which sometimes can lower it um, enough to where you don't have to activate the system and put a fan on it. Um, but a lot of the times, like I said, they just terminate them in the attic. Um, it would be a good idea if they went ahead and forced you know builders to run it through the roof, hmm. you know. But of course, I don't have the clout to to make any changes on that. <laughs> Come on, um, Jeremy, know, don't they? know who your dad is i mean come on <laughs> Sorry. uh well in you know it, it and that's i, I guess i, I was going to kind of save this till after the break but i'll start that conversation now but that brings us to testing because um testing can be testing can be very peculiar um and, and i i mean we're, we're talking precision measurements and and i was privy to having uh, having a friend and acquaintance who had a background in, we'll just say scientific testing. Um, and there was a radon test performed in their, in their home and they disputed the test because of how the test was completed. And, um, you know, I know like here in the state of Tennessee, I think they still offer the free radon kits that you can, with the, the little bag that they send to you and you can send it back to them and they'll give you a, a parts per million reading. Um, you know, a lot of these things are just kind of low level, right? So basically they're going to catch, if you've got a large absorbent amount of radon, it's going to catch that. If your home's on a kind of, you know, you're, you're in that zone two area, right? You're between a, maybe a a 3.5 and a, and a four, then you're, you're needing a little more precision type of testing. You are, um, the, the kind that you're referring to the, um, the mail-in ones, they are very accurate. 
Um, very, very accurate. The re- The main reason that I don't like those that type of testing is because you don't get any data points with it. Hmm. You know, when you get the the CRM or a continuous radon monitor, right. you know, which a lot of home inspectors use these days, you plug it in, it takes an hourly reading every hour. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, how weather can affect how the uh, radon levels are in your house. So say that you that you have one of those hang hang tests going on in your house and you have a storm front come through. That potentially could increase your radon levels to where you have some like really high spikes mm-hmm. in it. Um, but you don't see what caused your radon levels to be high. You just get a radon level that is 4.2 picocuries. Um, with you know with the continuous radon monitors, you see that spike in that uh, test so that you know oh, well, this is kind of the culprit. You know, you've got a whole bunch of uh, radon levels that are, you know, 1.2, 2.3s, you know, whatever, uh, picocurie levels in the in the data points. And then you have a storm front come through, and you may see spikes up in the 20, 25 picocuries. I've seen that before in my, you know, wow. many years of doing things. And then as soon as that storm front passes, you go back down to the ones and twos. But you only – for a real estate transaction, you have a 48-hour test. It has to be a minimum of a 48-hour test for it to be a valid test. So if you've got a 48-hour test going and you've got four numbers that are, you know, 20, 25 picocuries and everything else is in that one picocurie, one to two picocurie range, you got a skewed test because there's no way that it's that it can bring itself back down because it's such a short test. Um, so those are always good. Um, and yes, like you're saying, you know, it is very particular. You do have certain areas that you're supposed to place right on tests. Um, you have to have what's called closed building conditions for 12 hours prior to doing your radon test. Um, it takes 12 hours for radon to, to reach equilibrium inside your house. Um, so if you have all of your windows and doors open and then you start a test immediately, right. then you've aired out your home. <laughs> right. So you're not going to get that first 12 hours of what's actually going on inside the home. Well, you know, I'm sure there's there's always there's always tricks and 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 things when it comes to uh, when it comes to testing for radon. Um, at any rate, so I hope that you guys are enjoying as much learning information from Jeremy as I am. Uh, again, I, I you know radon is a very uh, serious conversation that we obviously need to have here in East Tennessee because we are in a zone one typically most of our homes um, zone one or zone two so hey if you've got questions got comments for us give us a call shoot us a text 865-656-8255 that's 865-656-8255 we will be right back here on around the house with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI well welcome back to around the house Glad that you're joining us here this morning. I am speaking with Jeremy Fowler from Volunteer Radon Solutions. And uh, I, again, I, I hope if you're listening, I hope you're learning learning uh, a lot of good information about radon, why it's important that we have this conversation, uh, and, and things that we can do to mitigate. Um, you know, we started in the last segment talking a little bit about testing um and how to do that testing and some of the things that come through that and so i i know uh i I know jeremy we kind of we scratched that surface so um i i want to dig into this a little bit because there's there's a lot of things that go into making sure that you have a proper and accurate test there are very much so um you know, depending on the time of year, you could have elevated radon levels. Right now, where you're in the winter time, uh, which is when you do have some higher levels of radon entering the home, 
Um, but there are some, you know, places that you should avoid putting uh, the radon test. Um, you know, if you if you do a home test, you know, they make uh, consumer style radon test devices that you can purchase uh, for yourself, um, you know, to plug into your house if you you know have some concerns. But like bathrooms are a no go because of the humidity in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, garages, obviously you don't live in the garage, um, and it's not going to give you a, a true accurate reading for what's actually going on in the home, you know, cause a lot of times the the wall from your garage into your house is a foundation wall, a support wall, right. you know, so that's on a different, you know, um, area, um, your kitchen, you don't want to do that because of the high humidity closets. Absolutely not. Do not place the radon system or the radon test in a closet. Shut that closet door. You know, it's such a confined space that radon is going to build up. You have no air movement in there. Um, you don't want to put it close to uh, HVAC return duct, um, you know, because you're just funneling all of the the gas, you know, that will be coming past the machine um, as it's going in and cycling through your HVAC system. Um, you also want to keep it away from exterior windows and doors. Um you know, a couple of feet away from windows and doors, um, exterior walls. Um, you want to be 12 inches away from those um, just because of the, the fresh air return, you know, gaps or leaks inside mm-hmm. your windows. You know, I mean, everybody thinks that their house is completely sealed up. They'd get no, you know, outdoor air into it. You know, it's not the case. You know, it, even in my house, you know, as a home inspector for, you know, 18 years with my house and I go through my house and I'm like, oh man, I need to do this. I need to do that. But you never get around to it because you're always working, you know, but like my windows need to be caulked. You know, they got a little gap, you know, from where the, the window sits in the window well, you know, and then yeah. you, you need to caulk it to keep all your window out or keep all your air out. Um, so there are a lot of little, just little things that you need to stay away from when you're trying to do the radon test. Um, and then you also have a short-term versus long-term tests. Um, so a short-term test is anything less than 90 days or less. Long-term tests is 91 days or greater. You know, in a real estate transaction, as I stated earlier, you know, a lot of times people have 10 days, you know, to get all of their inspection periods done. Right. Their home inspection, they've got to, you know, go back and forth and get, oh, well, hey, I want you to fix this. I want you to fix that. No, we're not fixing this. We're not going to do that. We'll do this, whatever. Um, but the longer that you can have of data points, the better off you are because you have a better understanding of what's actually going on inside the mm-hmm. home. Um, so a long-term test is 91 days or greater. You know, I mean, that's, you know, basically a season. That's three months. Sure. Um, um, so that gives you a true understanding of what's really going on in the house. So the more, the longer you can have a test, if you're not in a real estate transaction, the better off you are at understanding on whether your house needs a radon mitigation system installed. Sure. Well, and I mean, and, and that's, to me, I think is very, very good and very important information, right? Because as you've already alluded to and, and explained that season weather conditions, there are things that affect that release of radon, um, during different events and during different seasons. And so if you, you know, to get an accurate read or an accurate idea of what the radon level may be in your home, obviously you need you need to have some good data. I mean, uh, we've, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced, especially over the course of the last week, right? You get an influx of rain at a particular season, at a particular time, and you have flooding, you may never, ever have flooding, but there may be that one event that causes flooding. And it's kind of the same thing as you look at with, with the radon when in your radon testing. There are things that affect that. So um, so I'm just going to ask, so what are, you, what are we looking at? What kind, of, uh, what kind of fees are associated to doing a 
a short term or long term type type of test? Um, for testing, um, you know, obviously depending on who you have do it. Sure. Um, if, uh, cost varies. Um, you know, if you're doing a real estate transaction, you know, if you're buying a home, you know, a lot of the home inspectors that are going to be doing your home inspection would do it. Um, for me and my company, um, a radon test is two hundred dollars. Um, I usually try not to do the pre um radon test mm-hmm. um i'm a i'm a big uh uh believer in conflict of interest um so you know uh, I, that's a hard one to go into because i don't sure. throw anyone under yeah, yeah, yeah. on anything um you know but if, if if you do a radon test and you're installing radon systems at the same time you know did is my radon really right. high or are you just telling me that right. my radon's high because you want to install the radon system so i usually try not to do the initial test um but they they average you know probably between 200 to 250 dollars uh for radon test um i have a, a machine that i like to refer um it's uh a machine called Luft. It's from a company called Sun Radon. Um, I actually purchased one for my house. I knew that my house didn't have it because I have my professional radon test devices that I've tested my house sure. before because I have some children, two children. Um, and But that's what I like to, to recommend. They're about $250, something that you get to keep instead of paying someone you know, two, you know know $200 for a 48-hour test. You know, get this device, test your house for as long as you can so that you get a true understanding of what's going on. Um, and again, I think they're right at $250, you know, and then of course tax and, and sure. shipping and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I really, I really like those, especially if you're not in a real estate transaction, the more data you can have on your home, the better off sure. you are. Now, is, is that something that, that you can just kind of set up and run constant or do you need to do it for a short period? I mean, I would think that Obviously, there's probably some type of monitor device, and this may be what you're referring to. That you you know you plug it in, you set it in, and then you know, of course, today's modern technology, you probably get some alerts or something. You know, put it on the network and and know what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. You plug this one, the, the Luft. There are several other ones. There are a couple that are made from a company called Air Things. Um, personally, though, I like that Luft one. Um, but yeah, you plug it in. You got a smart. Uh, app for your smartphone um you know it goes through it'll tell you what your humidity is and your the, the loofed one some of the other ones are not quite as detailed um it, it shows you what your radon levels are what your um uh vocs are because there are others you know soil gases that come from the right. ground uh, besides radon um it tells you what your humidity is, like I said. So, you know, especially if you have a basement, uh, you know, that's, you know, three quarters underground, you got to walk out basement where you walk out the back of the house. You know, a lot of those have water water problems inside those inside mm-hmm. those uh, basements. So this one, you know, tells you what your humidity is so you can know kind of understanding of what's going on inside your whole house, not just for your right. radon. Um, but, yeah, um, you just plug it in and it, you know, it has colors on on the LED lights. Um, I have mine completely turned off. Um, right. But green, yellow, red, obviously green, you're good. Yellow, you might need to take some action. Red, you know, you need to address what's going on inside your home. So, um, I, now you just opened me up for all kinds of questions. But <laughs> so uh, in that, right, with that type of device. So if you're, say you're on a, you know, two-story home where where do you put that do you put it in the basement do you put it on the main floor upstairs centralized what's the best placement for a device like that lower level um so okay. the lowest livable area okay. um 
if you have a you know a two story basement, you know put it in the basement. Um, if you have a crawl space, don't put it in the crawl space. Crawl spaces are <laughs> not where you want to test because it's not livable area. Right. Um, you know, but put it on your main level. You know, what you want to do is get it closest to the source of radon, i.e., the ground. Yeah. Um, so always on the lowest level. Now, granted, if you have you know a two story house at the basement, the basement's not finished, and you're not in a real estate transaction you would want to test it on that main level where you spend the majority of the time. Um, If you're planning on finishing that basement out, you know, in the future, test it down there. If you're in a real estate transaction, you know, in the, in the basement's unfinished, you would test it in that unfinished basement because you don't know what your potential buyers are going to be doing with it or not your potential buyers, but you know, the home inspector would test it down there not knowing. Um, So always the lowest livable area, the lowest area that you spend the most time in. Okay. And then, uh, I guess my, my last question for this segment is, are there, are there precursors or are there things that occur that can maybe point to the fact that we have a radon problem? I mean, if there's, if I haven't tested for radon, you know, whatever, I mean, is there things like maybe I've got high humidity in my home or or other things that can point me to lead to look that maybe I've got a problem with radon? May not be, but I'm just curious. Unfortunately not, okay. um, because it is very home-specific. Right. So you could have two houses sit right next to each other. One of them may have a radon level of like 15 picocuries, and the next-door neighbor have you know 1.3 picocuries. Um, it depends on the cracking of the soil. Or, and I say soil, not like you know, ground soil, but like deep underground soil where the rock bed is, um, cracking. Now there are certain areas that, um, I have found that seem to have elevated radon levels in a higher concentration than other areas. Sure. Um, mainly in East Tennessee for myself, you know, born and raised here. Um, it, it does say on the EPA that you cannot go by those, um, areas or neighborhoods or whatever. Right. Um, but some of the areas that I have seen the, you know, the most concentrated radon levels around Getty's, Getty's view, um, you know, cause the hill there, Getty's view, mm-hmm. big cave systems underneath there. I used to go spelunking in the cave system that used to go underneath there. You know, it's off, uh, um, George Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, um, Teleco village is, uh, usually a pretty elevated area. Uh, Maryville, La Follette, um, you know, there are some areas that seem like it's a higher concentration that when people do do their radon testing, that it does come in yeah. elevated. So, well, I mean, obviously it's, uh, you know, as, as, uh, radon is and, and where it comes from, that would, that would just kind of be natural. Well, and I'm, and the main reason I ask that question, right, is because, uh, a lot of times it's just that we talk about serious issues, but we don't really know how to know when or what to do to identify if we have that issue. And, and so if you're listening today, basically it's real simple. The only way to know if you have a radon problem is to test for it. So there are a lot of options for that. And well, we'll talk about some of those options when we come back to the second segment. Again, if you've got questions or comments, give us a call, shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. This is Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, your host for 
well, this long-standing, amazing show that has been on the airways here in East Tennessee for over 20 years. Such an honor to, well, just to sit in this seat. Uh, I am speaking this morning with Jeremy Fowler of Volunteer Radon Solutions. You can find them online at volunteerradon.com. That's volunteerradon.com. If you were listening uh, in the previous segments, we were talking about uh, an at-home radon solution testing uh, a piece of equipment that you can get jeremy where's a good place for folks to be able to find that at um I, there is a company it's called sunradon.com um is their website and they um make radon test devices they make consumer style test devices and they make the professional monitor devices which i use exclusively um for my for my business um like i said there are other companies but they do make a really good one um like i said i had purchased one and put it into my house just so i could you know see see the device and you know see how their app worked um it does give you a uh 24 hour test uh average a seven day average, a 30 day average, and then a one year average. Um, and like I was, you know, stating earlier, the more data you have, the better understanding right. you have what's going on. So, I mean, if you have a four years worth of data, I mean, that, you know, lets you know 100%. Yeah, you definitely need a radon system installed or you don't. Um, so, it, but it's, it's a uh, very, very good uh, device uh, that I would highly recommend. All right. Perfect. Um, so, mitigation. So, you've, we've found, We've got high levels of radon. What do we do about it? Um, well, there are different options. Um, it depends on what kind of a, a, a house system you have. You know, a, a slab, a slab style house or a crawl space. Um, you treat them completely different. Um, with the slab, um, depending on how many foundation walls, or excuse me, how many footered walls you have inside your house. If you have support walls, you know that have concrete footer underneath them, you have to put suction points on either side of that um i call them pockets so you know if you have a you know five seven eight thousand square foot house you may have multiple pockets that you have to address um if you do have just a single slab area um then you drill a hole in the slab um and then put the pipe down into the slab um if you can run it through a house um you know that's great you know hide it completely interiorly um if you have to put it on the exterior of the house you know you can do that as well um, the fan would either be on the outside of the house or on the, or in the attic. If you're running it through the house, what you want to do is keep what's going through that house under a negative pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if you do have any, you know, leakage in the couplings or the housing, you know, or anything like that, that you do have negative pressure. So it's not pushing it into the house. Now our crawl space, on the other hand, you know, you have to take vapor barrier and connect it to all of the foundation walls, all of your support piers and everything. Cause what you're doing is you're trying to make an encapsulated crawl space. It's not, it's not full out encapsulated crawl space. So you don't go in and like seal the vents and all that kind of stuff, but you do have to create a negative pressure underneath that plastic. So that when you put that fan on and activate it, it's pulling the radon out right. um, from underneath that plastic. Hey Jeremy, we've got, uh, we've got one of our listeners with a question for us. What, what percent it of homes actually fail radon test here in east tennessee whoa um i don't know a percentage um i haven't done enough on that to uh give that um again with us being in zone one you know the majority of houses that are tested are going to be above that four pico curie um right now with it being winter time is when you are going to have um more tests that fall above that four pico curie mark um you know, in the summertime, if you have a house that, you know, may have been 
a 3.5 Pico Curie level, you know, the likelihood that it'll be elevated inside that wintertime uh, area uh, or time of the year um, is, is pretty great that it'll be above that four Pico Curie at that time. Um, but as far as a percentage goes, wow. I'd, I don't know. I'm not, I, can't, I can't really answer that, but I don't want to give a, a false statement or anything, but I'd say you're probably pretty high. Yeah. Well, and let's face it. We're uh, primarily a zone one uh, zone here. So, well, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time this morning. Jeremy Fowler of Volunteer Radon Solutions. You can find him online at volunteerradon.com or by phone at 865-973-0671. Hey, before we break for news, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't stop for a moment to acknowledge a huge loss in the News Talk family this week. Dave Falk is being laid to rest today. He passed away Monday after a long battle with kidney disease. No doubt, if you're a longtime listener to this station, you've heard Dave's voice during significant moments of your life. We would not be here together at this place in time if it were not for Dave Falk's vision as a broadcaster. You see, Dave is the creator and original host of Around the House. He joined us last spring to share why and how this radio program started. Well, I'm sure that that voice is familiar to many of our listeners. Um, Unfortunately, my only meeting of Dave was that radio broadcast. Um, And and I did have some opportunity to speak with him and, and just, just a phenomenal, amazing man. Uh, Again, this, this show would not exist without Dave. Um, Jeremy, you're, you're an East Tennessean. You, are you remiss? You know who Dave is. I do know who he is. Um, I never met the man personally, but um, you know, it, it, I know I'm going to mention a name that that is high on the pedestal for him. But I mean, he is kind of in that same area. You know, growing up in East Tennessee, you always heard his voice, John Ward. Yeah. You know, that they, you know, he's just one of those people that if you're from East Tennessee, you know that name, you know that voice as soon as it comes on the radio. So yeah, I mean. Absolutely, but I never met the man, but um, know quite a few people that have, and they said he he was just a terrific, terrific guy. Well, we uh, uh, again, I I always said when when I was asked to take over this show that uh, a couple of reasons for me that I wanted to make sure it carried on is because it has been a longstanding tradition here in East Tennessee. Thanks to Dave um, and, and the shoes to fill behind him, and and my goal. It's very simple as I want the legacy of Dave Falk to continue here on Around the House, uh, as well as in many areas um, throughout, uh, obviously, the news talk and in the channel here, as Dave was so fundamental and, and so well known for so many different different avenues. Uh, his broadcasting prowess was uh top notch by all so it, it's for me it's been great just to hear the homage of dave um throughout this week here on on the the sister stations uh and uh and again it, it is it, it is an honor for me to be able to sit in the seat and i am never ever going to be at a level of dave falk um but hopefully i want to make sure that we continue to remember dave here on this show and so thank you, Dave, and um, and thank you to our listeners, because this is how we are going to carry the torch for Dave Falk. We'll be back with more after the break. I'm Scott Brokamp, and you're listening to Around the House on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI. 
Well, good morning and welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're here to serve all of your security and technology needs. Um, you know, there's we do a lot of different things. But you know what? The best part about beautiful Saturday mornings is this. If you're just waking up, you can be like my next guest and stop at Starbucks. Or maybe you just need to go in the kitchen and warm up that coffee pot, get that key t- tea kettle going, whatever it is, get you a nice warm beverage this morning, and uh, take a deep breath and just unwind. Because I don't know about you, this was the first full week back to work for me, and whew, let me tell you what, boy, it was a doozy. <laughs> It was a doozy, and everybody I seem to have talked to have kind of had the same week I have. So just take a breath, take a moment, relax, and enjoy this weekend that we have. If you're looking for something to do, it's East Tennessee. We're never at a shortage of things to do. The Cabin Fever Car Show is back and celebrating 40 years of the best in street rods and antique cars in the southeast. The show runs from 8 to 8 today at the Knoxville Expo Center. Your Knoxville Ice Bears are throwing a big party for Chili and all his mascot friends. I'm still wondering if Smokey's going to be there. I have not seen that. Puck drops at 7.35 tonight for the Mascot Mania Night at the Coliseum. And Iams Nature Center is hosting a winter bird walk this morning and it is kicking off well right now it's a great way to learn about the various species that call east tennessee their winter home for information on all the events happening around town go to visit knoxville.com that's visit knoxville.com hey have you missed the first hour of around the house jeremy fowler of volunteer radon solutions joined us to talk about what you can do to protect your family against radon related illness like lung cancer and COPD. My next guest is going to educate us about protection of a slightly different kind. Homeowners insurance is becoming unavailable and unaffordable in some states like Florida and California. Boy, don't I know that. Fortunately, Tennessee has reached, hasn't reached that point yet, but there are trends that you should be paying attention to. I have Amanda and Jonah Riggs with Goosehead Insurance here this morning to, well, help tell you all about it good morning you guys good morning morning, all right so uh jonah is just gonna kind of sit and listen i understand and and (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) all right so uh all right first off you guys tell us tell us about you who you are how you got into what you do and well how can people get a hold of you yeah absolutely well thank you for starters, just for having us, and just to clarify, the only reason that we were able to get in the building today is if Scott told us we had to bring him Starbucks. Yeah. So that's the only we that's the only reason that we had it. Joan, if anybody knows knows me, they know that you're a liar right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been in the business uh, for about I guess three three to four years, and uh, just everything is changing. Like you mentioned, California. You mentioned Florida. There's just some major trends that have pushed across the country with insurance and deductibles and just the weather-related claims, which I think you touched on briefly in the earlier segment with some of the winter storms that may be pushing our way next week. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing what the climate has to do. So, Amanda, how did 
so look, I know that one of the two of you is the brainchild in this partnership. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda, was it your idea? Come on, tell me the truth. To get into insurance? Yes. It was actually like a God thing. So we, um, it was definitely a a God thing for us. Um, We were both in different industries prior to COVID. Um, We ended up losing those careers and both found ourselves in insurance and you know, you don't grow up thinking, hey, I want to be an insurance agent when you're a child. Um, but the Lord led us here and we're just like walking in his will. And uh, we I wouldn't say either one of us is really brainchild. It definitely is a, a collaborative effort, but um, we really enjoy it. And, you know, just the clients that we get to work with, the referral partners that we work with. It's just a, it's a great journey. So. Well, good. Well, good. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. So uh, trends 2024. What what can we look forward to in interest? By the way, I just want you to know, I, I am probably much like the majority of our listeners and think injur- insurance is so mumbo jumbo. I can never understand what my policy actually covers and how it works anyways. Absolutely. And I think we get that all the time. And I tell people all the time, I'd say 99% of the people that we talk to know what they pay, but nobody knows what they pay for. Right. And as far as trends, you know, a- across the country and specifically with homeowners insurance is the biggest one right now is just higher deductibles. There used to be, you know, a $500 homeowners deductible, a thousand dollars homeowners deductible, but more and more companies and carriers were going to, Hey, the minimum that we're going to let you do is 2,500. The minimum we're going to do is even $5,000. And it really goes back to just the number of catastrophic claims that people are having where, I mean, the tornadoes that we've seen here in Tennessee here lately, where, I mean, the number of homes being built, the number of neighborhoods, instead of it being a tornado comes through and maybe 20 or 30 houses are affected, now it's two or 300 houses are affected. So you've got carriers across the board that are just bleeding money. And one of the ways to recoup and so that they don't go out of business is just simply raising deductibles and mm-hmm. pass along that to the consumers. Well, in I I'm, know I'm, I'm not alone in this conversation, but my father lives in the Fort Myers area. Um, I actually used to live there for many years as well. And, and we just got back from there. That's where we go every year at Christmas time. And, uh, and, and we did go to the beach and, and it was, it was hard for me. I I've gone to the beach there for many of years, ever since I've been born. And just to see the catastrophic damage that has occurred from the hurricane, um, in the aftermath of that, but even my dad, and it's been a conversation we've had many years is that, well, his homeowner's provider is now either a pulled out of Florida or B created a subsidiary company that covers their tail in case of another catastrophic, uh, uh, damage comes through. And, um, you know, and even down where he's at, uh, based on the age of the home, et cetera, et cetera. So I know these are things to deal with in, in other places, but oh yeah, are we affected by a lot of these issues as well? Like the, the age of the home? Cause obviously if it was built in, in 1920, it's not going to be built to the standard of today. Oh yeah. There's definitely some of the, the older homes and the different insurance carriers that are willing to insure those things. Um, you know, the age of the roof is becoming a bigger factor with all the different carriers, Um, you know, if your roof is 10 years old or older, a lot of the carriers don't want to insure that anymore. Uh, that 10 to 15 is 10 to 15 year old roof is kind of the cutoff right now with, Mm -hmm. Hey, that's too much of a risk for us. And we're not willing to take that. Um, specifically, you know, with some of the 
states like Florida, all of those different carriers that are pulling out. And I think that goes back to people know what they pay. And I think it's great, you know, myself included, I don't want to overpay for my own insurance. But if I say this is only, you know, seven or $800 a year, well, if I have a claim, is the company, do they have the reserves and the money to pay out mm-hmm. if I do have a claim? Right. Or when I get that renewal in the mail, is it going to go to $2,500 next year? Or are they going to say, hey, we're not going to have a policy next year. Good luck. Go shop it around again. So I think there's there's a balancing act of finding a good price and a good carrier to go with. Yeah. Well, in you know, it, the thing with insurance, right? And, and we all we all I'm sure we we probably all know somebody that has dealt with this that you've paid for that insurance policy for years. Something happens. You have a claim. And now they drop you because you have a claim. And it's like, wait a minute, isn't that what this is supposed to be for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear Mm -hmm. that uh, all the time with different carriers. And I think that's one of the the great things with what we do is since we're a brokerage, we have, you know, 25, 30 different carriers to to choose from, Mm -hmm. to kind of shop around and put, you know, instead of working for a carrier, we're working for the client Mm -hmm. so that we can come and say, hey, listen, if this carrier does non-renew, if this carrier says, hey, we don't want this risk anymore. You can look back, and it's not always the client. Sometimes it's just the environment. Look at the wildfires that happened in Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. You know, so many years ago, there were several cares that just pulled out of those zip codes right. saying, hey, this this is too risky for us. It's not necessarily you. It's just we're trying to transfer over. We have too much exposure in this area. So, you know, there's a lot of more that, sure. that goes into it on the back end that a lot of people don't think about or realize. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it – that insurance is, you know, it's a it's it's a risk viability reward type of scenario. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we are going to take a short break. But if you've got questions for Jonah or Amanda, give us a call. Shoot us a text 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. This is Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. Man, we are talking insurance. I know, I know. Don't worry. We're not going to put you to sleep. And we're going to make sure that you understand exactly what we're talking about. Because if you're like me, when we start talking insurance, I, I mean, you might as well hand me, I don't know, Pick whatever language you want, because I can't right. read any of them but English anyways. Uh, so I've got the pros in the house this morning to help us to, well, understand and and learn a little bit about what we need to do for our insurance needs. We have Amanda Riggs and Jonah Riggs of Goosehead Insurance Agency, and they're here to, well, make it clear for us. By the way, if you need to reach them, you can reach them at 865-621-7500. That's 865-621-7500. All right. So, uh, need to know. What what do we need to know? How can we save some money on our homeowner's insurance this year? Yeah. So, um, we are seeing a lot of increases in premiums across the board. I think the most important place, and like you said, pick a language and, you know, with insurance, it is it can tend to be a foreign language to mm. people. So I think we really pride ourselves on taking time to review the coverages with our clients, making sure they know exactly what they have, mm-hmm. um, not just what they're paying, but what they're paying for and what all that is allocated towards if they were to have a covered claim. Um, so the most important thing you can do this year is to review your co- coverages. Reach out to your local agent. Um, if you don't have a local agent, that's where we come in and you can give us a call. Um, 
But uh, just in ways to save this year, um, if you review your coverages, a lot of times with carriers, um, let's say you're driving around on state minimum uh, limits and you go to shop, you may not have as many options with carriers because some carriers want you to have a minimum of like higher liability mm-hmm. limits, like 50,000, 100,000, 50,000. There's a different levels of liability on your auto insurance. And so uh, when you go to shop, you might not have those options unless you have the higher coverages, but you wouldn't know that until you talk with someone and they advise you to do that. Yeah. So, so my, my shopping may be predicated upon what I currently have. Exactly. Um, Carriers are not one size fits all. We work with about 25 different carriers. They all have different underwriting guidelines. They all have different, Mm. um, risk that they're willing to take on. Some will take on, you know, different risks that others won't. And so just making sure that you have the proper coverage for you, you know, we want to make sure we tailor it specific to you, but we don't want you to be underinsured as you know, for a cover claim, or if you are shopping around to make sure you, you have what you need. Um, you know, there are some other discounts that you can look at too. You can get your paid in full discount, you know, on home and auto, uh, multi-policy discount. Uh, if you bundle the home and auto, if you have a new part, like if you're purchasing a new home, you can get a discount on that as like a first time home buyer. Um, uh, new build. So if you have a brand new home, you get discounts on that. Security systems, you can get discounts mm-hmm. on. Um, and only then, with his security. Only with his security. Right. Yes. Exactly. It's in the fine print. <laughs> yeah. Um, gated communities. And then you also get a discount for being married. So um, they just kind of, I guess, look at us as less of a risk. We're a little bit more boring when we're married. <laughs> so we get a discount for that. <laughs> you're dead or they're like, all right, well, here you go. You deserve a discount for that. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they should maybe go off of how many years you've been married and that. <laughs> no kidding. They, my, you know, I, I'm going to have to thank my wife for the discount because <laughs> they're like, honey, you deserve all that you can get right Put that now. under her name. <laughs> you know, well, it, and so, and I want to talk about, so the security discount, right? Yeah. Um, listen, we're, I, I'm a very honest and a very transparent individual in, in my personal life and in my business life. Yeah. And there are companies that uh, bolster, you know, oh, you're going to save 20% on your homeowner's insurance. It's going to cover your monthly fee. No, it's not. Mm-mm. You're going to save a portion off of a section of a portion Correct. of your insurance. Yes. yes. And typically what I've t- typically seen, if you broke it down to a monthly basis, you might get a maybe 12 10 to $12 type of discount per month on it. Now look, that helps, right? If you've got a, uh, you know, a $38 a month bill for your security system and you're getting a $12 a month discount, well, that helps set that off. Right. Right. Um, but again, I, 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 I always make sure our clients and people understand that, that that was a fallacy that, uh, one company with their three initials like to promote very, very loud. (laughs) Um, and it, it really is misinformation. And, And so, and I think that's true with a lot of discounts. Right. When you start looking at it, it gives you a discount of a section of a portion through that type on your premium. So, yeah, some are definitely going to be larger than others. But if you take advantage of multiple ones, then it does tend to help out the premium and and make a difference for you. So one of the things and I'm going to ask for my own personal knowledge, but one of the things that we talk with our clients about, too, is that when you're discussing your insurance discounts with your insurance agents, that you need to be very specific because over the course of history, what I've learned is insurance carriers value, like on the security side, differently. 
Uh, there are some carriers that just simply, do you have one? Yes or no. Then there's carriers that, is it monitored? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And then there's other carriers that as you touch the buttons, I've got monitored fire protection. Mm-hmm. I've got video surveillance. I have, you know, escalated alerts. I have all these yes. different things and these different layers, different, different companies do this differently. Correct. Yeah. So I guess my question to you guys and, and, and to help our listeners if I'm if I'm a consumer and I'm going to get an insurance policy, what's my best course of action when I meet with my agent to make sure I'm maximizing my discounts? Yeah, absolutely. So I I think it's just making sure you are working with someone that you like, know, and trust. Um, Because again, like carriers aren't one size fits all, but agents aren't one size fits all either. And it's just working with someone that you know, that you can trust that is great because it's not your job to know you need to ask for that. It is your agent's job to make sure they are asking those questions to make sure they're taking care of you. Mm, You got that right. That's it. Hit the nail on the head with that one, didn't you? Good job. See, Jonah, we're figuring this out, right? Yeah, we just sit back. I, and I asked earlier, but we're figuring it out. Oh, 100%. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm going to put you both on the spot. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it, it's it's one that, that we're faced with a lot. We're in we're a subscription fire area for the most part in Knox County, which is foreign to a lot of people because subscription fire is it's becoming very uh, very more prevalent and very well known. Um, but I hear the conversation all the time. Well, but my homeowner's insurance is going to cover this. And, and I've spoke to agents who have disputed that fact. And they say, well, actually, if you fail to subscribe to fire service, that's negligence on your part. And now we're not reliable or responsible for that claim. So I, I want to know from you guys, how is that conversation versed with you uh, and your clients? And what do you hear from your carriers on situations like this? Yeah, you definitely, it definitely comes up with the fire subscription. And you know, my brother actually used to work, he was a firefighter with rural Metro. So it was, it was interesting hearing both sides of it. And it, typically those homeowners policies, you know, if you have the subscription, you don't have to worry about it, but on the base homeowners policies with most cares, they'll still cover about $500 to have the fire trucks come out and do it. But I think everybody knows when a fire truck pulls up and you're paying for all the, the equipment that goes along with that $500 is a drop in the bucket to actually put out a house fire. Um, so I always tell people if you're living in Knox County and not Knoxville that I would do the subscription service. Um, but as far as homeowners policies are concerned, they're typically going to cover the $500 to, uh, actually if, if you did have a covered claim. So have you, have you heard of any instances where the carrier has denied a, a fire damage because the homeowner did not subscribe to the service? I have not been involved in any of those. No. Yeah. Uh, I, what research I've done and some some conversations I've been a part of it it has happened uh, across the country and it is it is occurring more and more and more because when you have a subscription service like that they're not there's a good chance they're not putting the fire out what they're going to do is if if your neighbor is a subscriber they're going to protect that house and you're still going to get a $30,000 bill for the fire truck and the firemen. Yeah. Um, and, and then there was one instance of, of one situation. I know that a carrier refused to do it because their, their responsibility, right. Is, is 
they're going to cover any event that this happens, but you have to take care, take precautions and do the necessary things as well. Right. So, um, yeah, I think you run into a lot of that in the Midwest where there's, you know, especially California is a great example, um, where carriers are pulling out. And I think it's one of the things with some of the exclusions, mm -hmm. um, I've got a, a, a buddy that had his mom had a, well, they had farm in their name of her insurance policy and you know they backed into each other in their driveway and it, part of the exclusion was we don't cover property damage between the two vehicles that you own hmm. so now they're just you know out multiple thousands of dollars because it was in the fine print and i think that's one of the things of going through the policy that nobody really wants to read and understand and making sure that you do realize, hey, this is why this policy might be two or three hundred dollars cheaper mm. a year. Do you want to take that risk? And that's truly what insurance is. It's just that transfer of risk. Hey, if these is, things yeah. happen, we're willing to cover you. And and that's where it's, it's that balancing act of what are you willing to pay for? And that twenty twenty is hindsight of, man, I wish I would have spent an extra hundred dollars a year to get that better policy or get the water backup coverage or get, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's where, you know, you can go online with about anything now and right. click a couple buttons and think you're covered until, oh man, I'm not covered. <laughs> until uh, you need it. Yeah. Until yeah. you need it. Well, it, it, and, and I want to be clear about this. I'm not, I'm not trying to bash the insurance companies. I, I'm not because let's face it. The reality of it is, it's kind of like, you know, the McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit. You guys may be too young to remember that, oh, but I remember that. <laughs> you know, there's too many people take advantage of these things and what it does is in those protections and those insurances and those policies that we have in place to help us when we really need it now unfortunately they have to make countermeasures to protect themselves against the frauds and and the false claims and the fake things that occur and so unfortunately that's the world we live in right no, and, the insurance and fraud is rampant man it it it, and it's spreading. It's spreading everywhere. I uh, actually uh, was reading an article that uh, retail theft increased 23% since COVID. Wow. So um, it, it's just, at any rate, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this all comes back to the importance of having a local agent because right. you guys are there to be able to answer the phone and answer the questions, regardless of who the carrier is, regardless of what the problem is. You right. guys are, uh, as one of our gentlemen like to say, you're the, you're kind of the neck to choke when things happen, <laughs> but having that that ability to reach somebody local is huge so yes. hey we are going to take a short break if you've got questions about your homeowner's insurance or any insurance give us a call at 865-656-8255 you can also text us at that same number that's 865-656-8255 this is around the house with scott brokamp on news talk 98.7 w-o-k-i welcome back I hope you have enjoyed the show today. And um, again, as we, as our topic of the day, um, took a moment to pay homage to Dave Falk, the founder of this show. And well, just a, a name and a voice heard and known for, for so many years here. Um, Godspeed, my friend. Uh, you, uh, well, I can just imagine the broadcasts that are happening in heaven with those that are there. Uh, all right. So we're talking insurance. I've got the 
Riggs partners in here, Amanda <laughs> and Jonah of Goosehead Insurance Agency. You can reach them at 865-621-7500. That's 865-621-7500. You can text or call them at that number. If you have questions, need some help, looking for an agent, well, great folks to call to be able to help you out. So let's talk about the basics of home and auto. That's what everybody, they're like, thank goodness an insurance person's calling me today. That's what we hear all the time. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to him. No, I mean, it's, I think we've touched a little bit on some of the home things, but a, a scary statistic is with, on your auto side, one in four drivers in Tennessee does not have auto insurance. So as you're driving down the interstate, you're driving into to Lowe's or Home Depot this morning working on the, the honeydew list. Think of all the cars that you're passing. And Tennessee's the third worst state in the country for people driving around without insurance. So I think that goes back to understanding your coverages, making sure that if something were to happen that you're not on the hook for anything and that you and your family are properly protected. So what are some things that we need to be aware of a look at for that uninsured motorist protection that our agents always offer and we have that conversation about yeah absolutely so i mean so auto insurance is obviously complicated um it's one of the things with exclusions it's making sure that you have what you're what you need to protect the vehicles you can look back at 2018 2019 right before covid your average new car was just below $30,000. Today, it's right at $50,000. Mm. Your average used car then was about sixteen grand. Now it's $30,000 is the average used car price. So I'm just going to tell you, my kids are going to be doing a lot of walking. It's right. a Vespa is what I heard. <laughs> yes. That's what they're, That's what our kids will have, a Vespa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I think that is... The, one of the reasons that auto insurance in particular has gone up so much, you're seeing these rate increases. It doesn't matter what the carrier is, but you've got the rate increases because when they're p- having these claims and they're having mm-hmm. the payouts, they're replacing what it costs to replace the vehicle. And you, I've had multiple people that have bought a car two or three years ago. They paid you know thirty, thirty five thousand for it. They totaled it and they got a check for more than what they actually paid for the car. Wow, which is just inflation like everything else it's gotten more expensive um so making sure that you know those limits that all of those numbers on an auto policy what do they mean my goodness Mm -hmm. they all start running together after a while so making sure that you're talking to somebody local that can explain hey this makes sense for you to protect you in the event of a loss making sure that if you hit a vehicle that's worth you know seventy five eighty thousand dollars that you have enough coverage to replace that vehicle so that you're not on the hook for Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's where people it's eye opening when you start doing some of the coverages and the what ifs, well, I'd pay an extra $15 a month. So I didn't have to come out of pocket 50 grand at the end of, uh, you know, a a lawsuit or a car wreck. And it's the same thing on the homeowner side, man. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have had that coverage Mm -hmm. in the event that, you know, something did happen. Right. Well, We were faced with a little situation, and I don't have I don't have rental car coverage on my insurance. And I talked to my agent. I'm like, why? And he he explained it to me. He says, well, basically, it's going to cost you X dollars a month, and then your coverage is only going to be it's only going to cover a portion of the rental car, and it's only going to give you X amount of weeks. And he said, and especially right now, if your vehicle is at a body shop. 
you're never going to get that full rental car coverage because it's going to exceed the amount of weeks and et cetera. And I'm like, no, you're kidding me. Right. You know? And so we dove into this real deep conversation and I'm like, is it my carrier? And he said, no, he said, basically this is kind of across the board, you yeah. know, the sure rental car reimbursement is one of the things that, you know, if you've, if you've got two drivers and three vehicles that run in the household, I'd tell you, Hey, save your money. You got an extra vehicle sitting there. There's no point in doing it. And if you're insistent, you still want it. Perfect. That's great. We'll, we'll, we'll add it onto your policy, but rental car coverage, um, you know, some carriers start at $20 a day for rental reimbursement. And some of them will go up to $50 a day, $60 a day, just depending on, you know, what kind of vehicle. And some of them just say, Hey, we don't care what it costs, but we'll pay up to $3,000 in total. Hmm. So there's, depending on the care, depending on, you know, what kind of level that you pick mm-hmm. and what kind of reimbursement that you want it, it can make sense and it can make a big difference because like everything else, it's on back order, mm-hmm. labor's is <laughs> short, we can't get this correct, you know, the yeah. parts there's a definitely a supply and demand where rental car reimbursement those coverages are getting maxed out when you do get into mm-hmm. an accident. And I, you know, I've seen different stats on with all of the different sensors that are in vehicles now, everybody's got, you know, the, the automatic braking, the backup cameras, the little things that light up on your side view mirror, the average side view mirror now where it used to be a couple hundred bucks, it's $2,500. If you take off that side mirror now, because of all the wiring, all of the parts and all of the electronics that go into those Mm. things. And I think that's where you're, you're, you're finding more and more of these vehicles because of the sensors, the technology, the wiring, the, the complexity of fixing them, yeah, just total it out, and you're, you're seeing more and more of that. Where hey, it's not worth trying to track down wires and get everything correct, and you'll see cares that are totaling out things that just don't make sense sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, we faced that on a commercial uh, plan. We had one of our drivers rear-ended somebody, and you know that the whole conversation about that will leave to the side, but, <laughs> um, you, you know, at the end of the day, the cost of repair, I, the cost of repair wouldn't have been that bad, but they decided to total it and they wanted to, you know, they just wanted to rise to check. And I ended up having to go to a third party to come in and say, no, 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 you, this is what you're going to have to pay. Right. And, uh, you know, it it helped us. We got more money because, like I said, I can't I can't replace this van for what you're giving me. Oh, yeah. This is ridiculous. And uh, and and in my agent, he even said he said, you know, a lot of these insurance companies now they're totaling things out because they're gonna it's gonna end up going to to the part house and they're gonna make more money selling the parts mm-hmm. if if only a a small portion of the vehicle is damaged than all the rest of its parts. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, this is crazy. I I mean, I look back at how things have progressed and I'm just, I'm blown away. I was blown away by it because I mean, literally we probably had, we probably were looking at about maybe 10, maybe $12,000 in repair damages. Yeah. And, but they ended up, you know, paying for the whole thing. So, all right, it, it's and it's weird. Definitely make you scratch your head. That's for sure. Yeah. Insurance is is changing, and it's like everything yeah. else, right? And and so that's why it's so important to have somebody local that you can call on the phone. 
walk in their door and sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. You see, yeah. I, I, I want to, you know, I want to see my, I want to talk to my guy face to face. You know what I mean? 100%. And when you're, you know, dealing with the, uh, uh, you're turning into your parents' insurance company, <laughs> you're not talking to somebody face to face, right? Now, I'm sure you guys probably much like where I, I, uh, my agent, they have access to that company and to all these companies, mm-hmm. but you're, you're the go between, right? You're the, you're the one that's going the to advocate. You are We're the, the advocate. advocate. We're the that's advocate. Right. And especially when it comes to claims and some claims, you know, need to be filed, but then there are claims where it's like, let's talk to the, you know, call your agent, talk to your agent. Does this make sense to file it? Let's look at your deductible, you know, uh, let's get an estimate on what it's going to cost to repair because like, let's say you have damage to your roof and you file the claim um, and you have a thousand dollar deductible, but it's only going to cost $1,400 to repair. You're only going to have $400 to go towards those repairs. And then you risk, you know, having a non-renewal with mm. the carrier, you risk a higher premium. So just calling your agent and just, you know, talking that out and then they can be your advocate to help guide you in the right direction if it makes sense or not. I mean, your insurance is there to use it, um, but you want to make sure that you're using it wisely. Wisely, yeah. So what what's the time frame that you have between an incident and, and filing that claim? Is there is there a kind of predetermined set amount of time? I mean, I definitely think whether you're talking about it kind of goes back to insurance fraud, especially on the car side yeah. is, Hey, I got in this little fender bender and I don't know if I'm going to file it. And I don't know if it makes sense. You know, typically you're looking at like 30 days, but what ends up happening with that insurance fraud is now I let it go and now there's rust on right. it. And now <laughs> I I got in another fender bender a year later and I want it all covered. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the adjusters come out and they say, Hey, this is rusted. It hasn't been, it's not associated. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of people end up, you know, trying to put things that on insurance claims that shouldn't be on insurance claims. Um, and I think touching again on talking to somebody face to face and realizing that, Hey, this is a local agent. If you look back, not just on the auto side, but on the home side, Mm -hmm. if you're not reviewing a policy with somebody every year, Mm -hmm. look at three years ago, that home that was worth $200,000 and we insured it for $200,000 and now it's worth $400,000. Is your insurance policy, do you think, you know, that it's worth $400,000 on an insurance policy now? It's not. And and I think reviewing those and making sure that the homes are properly covered with, you know, that dwelling, that coverage A, um, is so important, especially in such a volatile market right now. And uh, it's a double-edged sword as far as you don't want to pay, you know, you're not trying to over-insure a home and you're definitely not trying to under-insure it. And I Mm -hmm. think just covering the basics with somebody that you can talk to and sit down with, you know, every year is, is right. it goes a long way. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm always, I, I've always been a belief. I, I'd rather over-insure a little than, <laughs> than, you know, not have it covered. So, Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back uh, here with the Briggs family talking about insurance. If you've got questions about your homeowner's auto policies or maybe what's coming down the pipe, give us a call. Shoot us a text 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. This is Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Come back to Around the House as we enter the home stretch. Final segment here for today. Um, you know, we during the break, we were having a very serious discussion that we might just change the topic of this show, but we don't have enough time now, so we're going we're gonna to stick with insurance. Um 
But, you know, if somebody knocks on your door and offers to inspect a, your home or your premise or whatever to help you file an insurance claim, listen, I don't care if you listen to them, don't listen to them, kick them to the curb. I don't care what you do, but whatever you do, <laughs> make sure you consult your agent before making a move. Mm-hmm. That can be detrimental to it can be detrimental to your pocketbook. It can be detrimental to your forward going of your policy, your renewals. So many things that come into play. Yeah. Um, don't sign anything. You know, <laughs> yes. Don't sign anything without speaking to your agent. Yeah. It, it, it is, unfortunately, it, it seems to be the world that we live in today. Mm-hmm. Um, but just... Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know how, but just just think through it, right? right. Uh, as as uh, somebody told me a long time ago, they said, "Now listen, this, I'm gonna date myself," but they said, <laughs> "Play the tape all the way through," right? <laughs> it was back in the day we had tapes, but play it all the way through, right? right? Think think that scenario all the way through. You just take two minutes, take a deep breath, breathe. If you're a man of person of faith like me, say a quick prayer, whatever it is, take a moment, mm-hmm. think all the way through that action because there's going to be a consequence. As I teach my kids, there's consequences to every action. 100%. And if you make a good action, you can, you should be able to expect to have a good outcome. Not always, but a good consequence. Right. You make a bad decision, you're going to get a bad consequence. Right. All right. There you go. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> um, so, Amanda. Yeah. What are we, what are the most important things that we need to look at? Right. I mean, we we touched on a little bit before about that 800 number, but it, yeah, you you said it. You're you're an advocate we for are. your clients. Yes. And we're very transparent. Like we know insurance isn't fun. Whenever I talk to people, if I'm working with a referral partner and they send me someone who's purchasing a home, I'm like, listen, I know you've got a lot on your plate. I know the insurance piece of it is not really the fun piece of it, but we try to make it fun. And the biggest thing about Joan and I is we're very transparent. Um, even with people who are reviewing coverages, they're like, hey, can you just take a look at this for me? We're going to tell you if we have if you have a great policy. We're going to look it over. We're going to say, hey, I can't beat this rate right now. You've got great coverages. Come see me at your renewal. If you see that it goes up, we'll do another review. Um, if you don't have a great policy, we're going to tell you that too. And we're going to say, this is not good. You need mm-hmm. to make a switch. Um, and it, it's, we're going to present coverages before we present price because our goal is to make sure we're taking care of you the way we would take care of our family. Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, friends don't let friends call 1-800 numbers. We don't let you shop online. Um, I know we live in a world of convenience where it's easy to click, click, click. And you're like, oh, I'm covered. Are you? Are you though? Um, you know, you go online, you've got the good, better, and best, but that mm. good, you know, they're not telling you, oh, that's state minimum because mm. you're just seeing this is the good option and here's what I'm going to pay. Here's the, you know, better option. Here's what I'm going to pay. Here's the best option. Here's what I'm going to pay. And of course, we're going to look at price first and be like, well, I'll just take the good. Right. This will suffice right. until you're in an accident and you're like, I'm not covered or you have a home claim and you're not covered for that. Um, so it's just, Working with someone local that you trust, that you know you can go to, they're mm-hmm. going to pick up the phone, they're going to answer an email, and they're going to be honest with you. There, I mean, there really are. There's just some things you just don't buy online. Right. You know. Insurance it, is definitely at the top yeah. of that list. You know. I think even with the underwriting criteria now yeah. is, hey, I... I'm going to go online and buy this policy. Well, these carriers are going to come out and they're going to take a couple pictures of your house. They're going to walk around and make sure that they understand what kind of risk they're taking on. 
well, this carrier that you just bought a policy for may not like a trampoline. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do, but maybe it has to be inside of a fence and maybe it has to be tied down. What if you have a pool? Do they accept slides? Do they have to be fenced? There's so many different variables on, well, now I had the inspection and the roof is too old. So now I got a letter in the mail 30 days later that says, hey, we're canceling your policy. And now you're back to square one. Mm. Right. As opposed to working with somebody local and they're going to tell you in the front end, hey, do you have a trampoline? Do you have a pool? Do you How have old's a dog? your roof? <laughs> do you have a dog? What kind of dog is it? And then you don't have to go through the headache. And that's why people get insurance is so frustrating because on the mm. front end, there's so much work to making sure that it's done correct yeah. to make it easy on the back end. Right. Mm. If you just click a couple buttons, you know, it's it becomes a headache. There's a lot more homework that has to be done of, you know, if you have to you do your own inspection and sending in those pictures. And, you know, when we work with our clients, we want to tailor it specific to what you're looking for to meet your needs. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's, I mean, let's face it, a lot of times it, you can go online and, and you can get yourself into the Bis of phone call and email inundation of 90 million companies that want your business and tell you how much better they are than the next guy. Yes. But, but you, you, I mean, you got it right. It's still, there's still going to have to be a, some type of inspection of that property. There's still going to be something that comes out, something that occurs, um, that has to be done. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times if you're just dealing with a web page, you don't, they're not asking you the questions. Mm-hmm. You're not able to give them the information. Mm-hmm. And then you end up, well, basically, I'm not even going to say the same boat, but maybe the same boat, but now it's got a hole in it because you got 30 days to get this done. Mm-hmm. And you, you just, you find yourself in a mess. So yeah. uh, listen, the best thing that you can do, get yourself a local agent. If you need a local agent, I got two sitting right here for you. <laughs> Amanda and Jonah Riggs yes, with <clears throat> Goosehead insurance agency you can get a hold of them 865-621-7500 you can call or text at that number that's 865-621-7500 guys thank you so much for joining me this morning and and thanks for helping us us work through some of those scenarios um you know all i can say is this though i i do definitely enjoy watching that i'm turning into my parents commercials I'm just gonna tell you that, so. Those are there are some good. clever ones <laughs> they uh some they can be very funny they can be so uh but you know hey hopefully they don't take your claim as is uh <clears throat> comically as they take their commercials right. so <laughs> all right uh again if you've missed part of today's show and you want to go back and listen there's a link on our website just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ath radio tab or you can search for us where you listen to your favorite podcasts spotify amazon apple or google just search for around the house with scott brokamp I'd like to thank my guests for being on the show today, Jeremy Fowler, owner of Volunteer Radon Solutions, and Amanda and Jonah Riggs from Goosehead Insurance Agency. Thank you for listening. If there's a topic that you'd like to hear for the future on our show, drop us a line at thehouseathissecurity.com. We'd love to hear from you. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. We'll be back next week with another live show where we'll be focusing on kids and pets. Thanks for listening today, and I hope that you get to enjoy some quality time around the house today.